0: 12 questions (laughs) Hi, this is Anna Valenzuela coming to you Live on election day When this episode drops After election day But understand that this is the vibe that we're In right now, I'm in my pajamas Gary has a a Job interview, things are going Crazy, I just tip That our guest has a name Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce Our co-host for today Mr deviates
1: for today and today only
0: (laughs) (laughs) you might quit after today
1: (laughs) welcome to the 12 questions podcast this that clarity statement and it's beautiful Mm-hmm. it's uh we're a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people our mission is to share experiences by also interviewing guests who do the same we're not affiliated with aana or any other 12-step organization 12 questions has no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone we're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to interview people about their own life experiences although some of our guests may be clean and sober some of them are not or choose not to divulge the purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves and each other by listening.
0: Yay! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> That's oh the first time
1: God. the clarity statement has bombed, I guess. There was no. just a nice <laughs> long silence after the clarity
0: statement. <laughs> no, I forgot to hit unmute. Oh my lord. Things are going great. Um I would like to interview today's guest because he has got a hot java dish that's what we're gonna call it a java dish <laughs> ladies and gentlemen who are we speaking with today
2: this is gary peterson hello
0: yay oh my gosh gary you're one of my favorite humans
1: you as well dave so so yeah but- gary gary and i are uh, mortal enemies and uh, it's a <laughs> It's a true testament of my spirituality, even allowing him to join us today.
2: We've lived next to each other for f- four years and only started hanging out this year because of a pandemic.
1: Yeah, and we and we had nobody else to hang out with, so <laughs> We're just like, do you want to be best friends? You guys got to keep yeah, those West
0: Side germs on the West Side.
1: <laughs> do you want to do? Do you want to do karate in the streets? i mm, I'll do karate in the streets right now. A- Get
2: a you trust fund to kid tonight. on a bicycle. Let's do it.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I love this. Um, I love. I love that uh, Gary. Even before we started recording, was given Dave the business. Um, I love this.
1: It's, it's, it's gr- Gary's shtick. That's all he has. He, he's got these worn-out hacks. That's right.
2: <laughs> I have business where you are out of business. That's fine. <laughs> and give yourself some credit Anna you have said some of the funniest mean things to me <laughs> in the world that i love so much but probably unintentionally I though
0: of, i try my no, my no. magic is i try to be nice and mean comes out
2: <laughs> i i loved i loved it i don't care what you're it was like i did the this bit about david lee roth and how he, uh, there's three rhythms of David Lee Roth and how he uh, is usually talking about something he has no business talking mm. about, quoting his own lyrics and relating it to Eastern philosophy. Yes. And then I did the act out uh, and um, you came up to me after it and you were like, Carol Channing or David Lee Roth? <laughs> <laughs> What's
3: was that like, me? You are-
2: Yeah. And- You were dead on. It it was a revelation and it was an insult, but it was funny. So
3: good on you. Uh,
2: And I was like, that's who, that's the voice because the David is,
0: he's got these veneers.
2: You know, it's like up in the,
3: up in here.
0: (laughs) Wow, I must have been on fire that day. I don't remember it. (laughs) And I don't know.
2: Blake Wexler's show. Yes. Back, that back bar. There it is.
0: Yes. That was uh, fun and awkward. And there was also a lot of like, Drunk people and people that were very arms crossed, negative. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: Very
2: as as it tends to be with comedy. Very much
0: the vibe. Well, you have to get going, so let's get into this shit. So famous. Oh yeah. Smooth things to do. You have things. You're a very important man whose time is very important. So, uh, how do you experience surrender in your life?
2: I oftentimes uh, struggle with like compulsive behavior, and uh, and then I hate myself so much because <laughs> I I may have you know uh, ordered a giant pizza and um, then feel bad that I even feel bad about eating a whole pizza by myself and then I'm like well my whole day's ruined and then the next day I have to like let that go and uh, I started using like
3: Headspace
2: as an app that that meditation app you Mm -hmm. know and there was like a guided thing for three minute meditation I was like I can do three minutes and uh, it gave this very specific little wisdom that I've been trying to employ in the last six months which is like allow these negativities or problems or things to come in to your mind like a door opening and then leave your mind like a door opening so it was like surrendering to that that I'm not perfect that I'm, I'm going to screw up I'm going to make a lot of mistakes um,
1: yeah Yeah. I mean it's a, it's a letting go thing you know I mean trying to let the past be the past even if it's the here and now that kind of that, that yes. surrender is something I have to work on and I feel like every time I bring up a serious topic I'm waiting for Gary to tell me I'm a piece of shit, that's just the way he does things, so I have to surrender to Gary <laughs> hating me throughout this podcast
2: it's not that I hate you, it's just that I know you could be better
1: Thanks, thanks, new dad. Yeah, so, so I have that's to also break when, you. Yeah, when my dad died, <laughs> I uh, I just I, I decided that Gary Peterson would be my new father figure.
2: How long did we get into this before you mentioned your dead dad? Like one minute, two minutes. <laughs> Come on, Dave. Hey, I'm sorry. Let it I'm sorry. Go.
1: I'm sorry. Your your alive motorcycle riding dad is not as cool as my deceased dad that is uh debatable but um to
2: be to be vulnerable i do have only one parent one is estranged and uh i like to say she's lost at sea it's easier (laughs) it's you know people you know mother's day comes up and they they ask that's that's a big thing of surrendering It's like nobody knows your suffering or your story and they don't necessarily mean anything by asking questions, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if they ask, like, what are you doing for Mother's Day? And, like, I used to get, like, all cagey, and like, I don't have a mom, uh, She's alive, but I don't know where we're in. <laughs> you know, like, but, you know, just kind of being like, oh, yeah, we don't, we don't really do anything, because she's gone. Yeah. And they're like, she's dead? I'm like, no. Just, she kind of quit being a mom. And, uh, you know, that can hurt if you don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of years to deal with it. Yep. Yeah. When did she leave? Mentally checked out when it was... I was, like, junior high. Mm-hmm. She was just kind of, like, screwing around my dad and going out partying and drinking and driving, smashing up cars, you know, all that crap. And then uh, I left home when I was about 18, about halfway through senior year and slept on friends' floors and in a basement just because I had to get away, you know. And uh, it was, you know, a couple of years of her trying to be around, but it's somebody that never got help
3: mm-hmm.
2: with, you know, mental illness. She had some brain injuries. She had a whole list of trauma that was just undealt with. And that that was a big lesson for me. It's like okay, I may not see the scars that this caused but they're there mm-hmm. and I'm acting like an asshole because of it. <laughs> you know? And so I, I, I you know, really do believe in uh, mental health. Trying to get your mind right best you can. Yeah. You're never going to perfect it. Nah, it's just gonna happen, you know, with time.
0: Yeah, you're um, kind of in that. What's been the most insane moment of your mental health journey?
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> this may scare people for trying um, different um, Pharmaceutical prescribed drugs, but I hope it does not because um, it is a trial and error process. There's no one pill that can fill, you know, your void, and it's not just pills, pills and therapy. But if your body didn't produce a certain substance, you should get a pill that helps produce that mm-hmm. substance. Just like, you know, if you have diabetes, you take insulin. If you don't get dopamine, you should take you know, Prozac. Things like mm-hmm. that. But early on in trying pills out. Um, there was like a lot of weight gain a lot of erratic behavior and then um, I refilled my prescription at a Costco for the first time because it was like $3
3: cheaper
1: and And, and you got 3,000 pills (laughs) I
2: I got some pills and I don't know what they were I went I went um, totally nuts I couldn't remember uh, who I was or where I was um, I started <laughs> I started seeing time <laughs> the way I'm going to explain this you would be like alright let's just get you in this institution which is what happened and I think it was an allergic reaction to whatever the pill was that they gave me um, it was uh, you know how if you if you look at things like a chair and you can see, like, a memory of that same chair that you've seen at a different angle or something. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I looked at that chair when I set it up. So it would be, like, rapid memory recall for every little thing that I looked at. So your mind was almost like a TV changing channels on memories that actually happened. They weren't false memories. They weren't, like, you know, invisible creatures or anything. It was just, like, I couldn't control my mind from daydreaming. Does that make sense? yeah. Yeah, and it got more and more rapid I couldn't sleep for days I started telling people and they're like you're doing this for attention and I had no credibility I was like quitting every job I got I was dropping out of school when I was uh, trying to go to college I was a flake I had no credibility just being kind of erratic you know this whole like punk rock what the fuck don't care like ethos so when I told people that I was like when I was really needing help um, they, they were like uh, I think you're making this up most people and um, had already been like having anxiety and panic attacks and went to the hospital once for that and they thought it, my, my family my closest family my father and my sister thought it was some sort of like ploy to get out of you know working
3: yeah
2: um, so I had myself committed we didn't take any more of that drug the problem went away uh, didn't have to. Sp- I-, I got out right before Thanksgiving, in a in a treatment center in Brockton, Massachusetts, which is one of the, the dirtiest places on earth. Old,
1: old Brockton, Mass. <laughs>
2: old Brockton. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I was in a bed next to a stranger. Everything smelled like piss. And I thought that this guy who had severe mental uh, problems might kill me in the night. So I hid a pen under my arm, band, just in case I had to stab somebody. And then I just started weeping. And uh, I cried so much. The staff heard. He went and got him. He was like, this guy's not doing well. He was actually a nice roommate, <laughs> but I was <laughs> terrified. You know, you're in a you're in a place with quote unquote crazy yeah. people. You don't know who's what.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, I just remember the staff like kind of held me, and I calmed down, and then I just passed out because I hadn't slept in four days.
1: Now did so they f- that did they figure though. out that it was the wrong medication filled, or was it just the medication you had been on stopped working?
2: Nobody knows because. Uh, I got I said like this is what I did I went to Costco the pills should be my sisters in Taunton go get them you know test them see if they're the wrong pill or something and my sister got the pills brought it to them and they just threw it away they never tested it and that made me made me mad that I didn't have like closure on that yeah and uh, even if it was the right pill, and it fucked me up, that, that could be a possibility. All they
0: had know. to do was Google the pill. You can Google the characteristics <laughs> of the pill and know what it was.
1: Was this pre-Google, yeah. though? <laughs> like, what? You know, no, no. Google wasn't as 2017. hot. 2017?
2: Ah, yeah. I got it. No, seven, 2007. 2007. Yeah. <laughs> 2017. Oh, my God. Well, they I was also- like,
0: wait a like they could have also taken it to your sister could have taken it to a pharmacy and been like hey does this pill match what's in this bottle
2: yeah and, and to be fair to my sister and my father they were worn out yeah. from all the bullshit with my mom their own lives and then having to deal with me it's like here's this troubled 19 year old acting out in different ways
1: uh, it, it, and if I yeah. recall, WebMD was still a thing. Like, and I used to, um, uh, I used to steal pills when I was a bellman at a hotel, and I would write down the names, and I would, I would, uh, I would look up on WebMD what type of pill it was before I took it. So it'd be, it'd be something like, uh, like heart medicine, no thanks, you know, cholesterol, nope, and then I'm like, oh, tranquilizer, you know, so. I mean, we had the technology, I believe, and it was around that time too, in o seven o eight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the hospital could have solved them. this. They should have figured it out.
1: <laughs> and
2: the, one of the weirdest parts too is like, you're in counseling a million times a day at being stuck in an institution. And this one doctor had me, my father, and my sister all in the same room. And he's like, you know, my wife, she had a bad reaction and what she saw was little green martians running around her room and then she stopped taking the medicine and she didn't see any martians anymore and i was like i'm not seeing fucking martians (laughs) i can't turn my mind off i don't know what this lucid daydream is i have never heard anything out of it uh, it comes close other than, like, Slaughterhouse-Five. How, like, how Billy Pilgrim experiences time as a landscape. Wow. And I was like, ugh. And he's like, okay. He's like, you fucking doctors suck. Uh, but I found the right doctor. and I found, you know, people that, you know, the right medicine, the right dosage of this and that. And changing the seasons and figuring it out. And now I'm happily medicated.
0: Hey, me too. Yay. Nice.
1: SSRIs.
0: Zora, baby. (laughs)
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, I'm a big advocate uh, for uh, medicine if it's required, but it is a trial and error process. You know, like, uh, you know, through the early aughts, like late 90s, like my mom was on trial and error for medication. And uh, it took four years uh, at the time to figure out the medication that worked for her you know and that's sometimes people don't want to commit to that long of a trial and error process you know which is why a lot of yeah. people self-medicate you know that's that's the common that's the common thread like i you know i see it all the time where you know i don't think not necessarily everybody in a 12-step meeting is an alcoholic or an addict some of those people are just severely uh, mentally ill and then treating themselves the only way they know how so and the the trial and error for booze weed and other extracurriculars is a is a lot easier i guess uh as far as having to show up to appointments and stuff and things like that so you know like i think it took it took her f- four years until she found out that she was supposed to be on the lowest dosage of a certain medicine, and then she takes it every day, and she feels as as, as close to normal as she could, you know.
3: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's the, the the weird journey of mental health is
2: like yeah you got to find a doctor you got to get the right prescription you got to try that out it takes like four weeks to even start feeling the effects mm-hmm. the effects will make you feel good and then your own body might tell you well. I'm better now don't need these and then you throw them away and then you crash but it's like when you start feeling better it's like that means it's working you gotta stay the course idiot and i've been that idiot time and time again <laughs> you know or tried to wean down and then just see what happens and you know bad results i'm like okay i gotta go back up to this or that
1: you know totally nowadays like do you feel like you're better at making decisions and or and like how do you make decisions
2: i am better at making decisions uh one of the things i've recognized is the impulsive behavior of when i get like manic or um anxious so to write it out is a big thing or talk it out um I like writing it out first. Like I'll do a pros and cons list on a piece of paper and like with any big decisions, you know, whether, you know, should I move? Should I leave this job? Should I end this relationship? Things that are big because I was so impulsive to do like, like I would quit a job with, a, with like a text and that's a really shitty thing to do to any company. Even if the company treated you really shitty. Um, having said that, if they owe you a lot of money, fuck them, don't waste the gas.
3: <laughs> Send an email.
2: Um, but, uh, shout out to all the solar companies out there. I think the... Uh, <laughs> Old Boston, <laughs> it, it, Boston, Boston Solar... Things, boston we got fucking panels we'll put them on your roof whether you want to or not okay Uh, (laughs) i think what
0: is it like not cloudy there three days a year what's going on
2: (laughs) it was i did it in california i did solar out here um but yeah you're right don't it's a a waste of investment in certain areas it just doesn't make sense (laughs) but I weigh decisions and I talk to friends, like Dave. Dave and I are, you know, friends on paper. And when we, uh, when, when I have like a problem, I'll, I'll talk to him uh, sometimes like on a bike ride and I'll get his feedback. Well, what do you think about this? Should I do that? Because I do, I, I, I honestly, lately, this is a really uh, silly thing, but it works for me. So I, I've been thinking about Abraham Lincoln a lot. <laughs> and uh eighteen sixty five and how that was maybe the one of the worst years of American history, you know the Civil War is still like not entirely ending. Four hundred thousand Americans are dead. The South will surrender if they get their own place, and slavery preserved or not preserved is still in question. Lincoln needs to change the Constitution and the war, and he's in his second term and put the country back together to heal and then he's killed right after he has the amendment passed and I've been thinking about like how he sort of navigated such heavy decisions with a panel of people who had very different views that did not like him like Dave Dave is my secretary of war
0: (laughs) Dave is all our secretaries of of war
2: He can he can end the war. He can bring it to an end, but he. But I don't want, like to. <laughs> don't want to. Don't want to. Too much money in it, brother. <laughs> but yeah, be writing and talking to people, and then then thinking, being like, okay, and then accepting the consequences. Every decision has a has a consequence. You're not always going to like that. I I learned that.
1: Sure, but I often. Like reframe, like consequence—the word as defined—as a result, and there can be positive consequences as well as negative consequences to decisions and actions. And too often times that we 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 uh, attach that word to the negative. Yeah, but in in a manic in a manic state, you know, there sometimes are positive consequences to uh, dis- decision making and things like that. You know.
2: Yeah, it's hard to trust yourself sometimes if you're if you know that part of you is a little nuts. Mm-hmm.
0: I do a <laughs> I do sense? a lot of calling people or talking to people and being like, "Am I crazy? Am I crazy? Did I like?" And I am a little bit. You know, I have you know I've mad ADD on top of anxiety and you know as seen today I thought we were talking I I had a text mix up with Dave like I have these moments where it's like my brain is not all there and that's why I have to really check in with people and also have a little bit of grace and just be like I fucked up I'm sorry (laughs) my bad working on it brain is a nightmare um but it also means that I can still trust my gut instincts because there's a lot of moments where I'm not wrong You know, I'm still a human, I'm still valid, my needs and my boundaries are still, are still there, you know, and so, but that's all about self-reflection and self-learning, like, what, what's been the most interesting thing that you've learned about yourself in this journey?
1: Surprising, like,
3: yeah, yeah,
2: probably that I'm more resilient than I give myself credit for. Mm. Like, I it is hard to be nice to me, yeah, that's that's at the root of a lot of things. And when I can see something on the horizon, it's gonna be a tremendously difficult thing. Um, it's not that I my depression brings me to a place of like. Suicide or ending life, it can bring me to a place of like helplessness. So why try? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some sort of fire within me that I'm always able to light. That kind of, I just kind of visualize it. Uh, envision, visualize it. I, I can, make a big thing happen and get through even the stupidest dumbest, most painstaking bullshit. For example, uh, when I moved to LA, I moved here from Boston. A, without a job. uh, B, without a place to live. C, no real plan. A few credit cards, that'll help. 40% interest, cool. And um, just thought I'd figure it out, man and uh didn't plan and dug a $25,000 uh-huh. hole and and the the trick of debt it's real real we should educate people in school about this is like once you get to a certain point with how much debt you have the minimum payments that you pay still don't wash away mm-hmm. how much that amount goes up if you get past it, like 2000 bucks it's like a very low number and then So you're just throwing money into a hole that's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And uh, I told my sister about it. And now, like, I need to... I was like, I can't do anything. I can't pay for anything. I think next month might be my last month. And she's like, just go to work. Do whatever. Like, walk dogs, which I work for WAG. Go do Lyft. Um, That stupid solar job that I hated did pay... Off my debt. Like, I just took all the money I made and in a door to door sales job.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: Driving an hour and a half uh, there and back every day, 10 and a half, 12 hours a day, 65 hours a week for almost about a year. Wow. And I was just kept my head down and was like, okay, put all my money towards this shit. And learning that once I got out of it and I was like, all right, I'm done with this job. Bye. Uh, I was like, I can, that's a pretty hard mountain to climb out of that, that, you know, a hole to climb out of. So no matter what shitty thing I do to myself to put me, cause I, I may not like myself or be thinking about future Gary instead of right now, Gary, uh, I can fix it. Mm-hmm. I can figure it out. I called credit card companies and was like, I have forty dollars to give to you and that's it. Is that okay? Like I made calls mm-hmm. to places and they're like, We'll take your forty bucks, sure. I was like, Can can we can we make a plan so I can pay you back? And they're like, All right. And then they would like pause the interest. These companies aren't unreasonable. They'll always want their money. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they'll they'll take whatever they can get, and usually, they, usually they're just happy to not have to sell the debt off to a debt collector, or whatever. Like that's a that's a big financial amends uh, process. Like in in twelve step work, like go, going back through and getting right with uh, the people you owe money to, is huge. And like more often than not, I've heard similar stories that when when you call them, you're like, "Look, I did this thing." I'm at this place. This is what I have. I just want to be honest with you. Most times the people on the other end are people.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You you know?
2: (laughs) When you get that robot. Yeah. How much would you like to pay? Yeah. Uh, You're a destitute piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Press 1 for... Poor house. Press two for selling kidneys.
1: Press three for <laughs> assisted suicide. <laughs> we're having
0: fun. I love that. I love that.
1: Well, well and getting honest with those people. Go, sorry, Anna.
0: No, you were doing no. the what I'm doing. Go for it. Uh
1: getting honest with your creditors is one thing, but like how honest are you with yourself and other people, Gary?
0: I try
2: to be as honest as I can, and uh, I'm not always doing it well. And I try to be honest with my friends and family, but at the same time, I'm also uh, a private person, so I can get a little defensive about like people sharing personal things. So, I, I've, you know, therapy and therapists are always good. I had one that, that quit on me. Um, which you can't help but have your feelings hurt when that happens <laughs> when you go to therapy. Were
0: they just like she, just like I can't deal I can't with you or the gags? I gotta get or out I'm of retired. here. I'm <laughs> retired. Yeah.
2: I. This was her, I was her first patient. Oh, and then her last patient in the field because <laughs> she's like, <laughs> I swear to God, I was like, oh, you you too busy you got. Other people, she's like, I don't have any other clients. And I was like, Oh, it's like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna gonna move or you know, can't we zoom? She's like, I think I'm just gonna work at Whole Foods. This really isn't for me. <laughs> I made her rethink her life with some of the bullshit that I told her.
0: <laughs> have you ever Which run is- into her at Whole Foods? <laughs>
2: No, no I I mean, and all the luck to her I I was a little hurt at the time Because you can't help but be But, you know, she's gonna live her life And that's outside of you But, yeah, I think That Trying to be honest Striving to be honest Is is difficult It is difficult Um, Really struggle with that I don't know, you guys are comics Do you find that your act is Honest? Yeah.
0: For the most part, yeah. Yeah, embellishment here and there for comedic effect, but in general, it's true to life for me.
1: It's Yeah, mine is is super honest to the point where it's the reason I really enjoy um, absurdist comics. It's because that level of just complete bullshit I'm not capable of doing, just for whatever reason. It's just not... It's just not my style. Um, I wish I wish I could do it better, but like, it's why like when I watch a comic who I know is co- completely lying and is bullshitting for the absurdity uh, effect, it's it's some of my favorite stuff because I can't do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it mm-hmm. comes off as like, for me the audience is like, they, it comes off as aggressive. I guess aggressive. They seem to be like because I've been so vulnerable and personable, and I have a lot of energy, and suddenly I go into this other direction, and they're like, "Uh, oh, what? No, this is not the speed we're in. <laughs> Ew." <laughs> 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 so I I also really enjoyed like silly, absurdist stuff. That's why I really enjoy doing shows with you because you do st- you you have muscles I don't have, you know.
2: Like a penis. Yes. Or my puppets or my puppetry of the yes.
0: penis Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever I do on stage. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I don't, listening, the, those listening, I don't know if you've ever heard of a little website called Meat Spin. Uh, that is a Gary Peterson Production.
2: One of the founding members made Meat Spin. Meat
1: Spin. <laughs>
2: what is
0: that?
1: You, you uh, Go to Normally Meat Spin.
2: Scrote, twirl.
1: <laughs> yeah, go to Meat Spin.com. <laughs> 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 I mean, we've been reaching out for sponsorship to a lot of places. And it's not just guys now. We're open. Uh, I think
2: (laughs) being being an absurd idiot or being super silly is part of the fun that I, I need to have up there. And I wanted to be honest, and sometimes, you know, an audience member, Anna's looking at Anna's <laughs> face right now because she's looking at that I website. I did. For,
3: <laughs> you did.
2: Why, why would you put that in? your? Do you know your targeted ads are fucked from now <laughs> on? Yeah.
0: Always incognito, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. <laughs> express
1: VPN,
0: VPN. uh oh wow okay keep going keep going don't let my uh curiosity uh derail this podcast
2: <laughs> no it's it's just like there's you can be honest with being the opposite of honest on stage mm-hmm. with like an absurd thing A lot of my stuff sounds made up because I have such a misfortunate life (laughs) where people are like, that didn't happen. I'm like,
0: it It did. did."
2: (laughs) I did have a nightmare. Um, The only time I've ever picked up someone from a comedy show uh, that I've done, it ended
1: nightmarishly. Uh, And by picked up, you you mean, uh, you know, for fornication.
0: They stole your kidneys? Uh,
1: that kind of would have been better in a way um
2: I've told I told the story on stage and I won't do the whole thing because it's too funny I'll break the internet but I will say (laughs) we started talking right after my set at the bar she was really cute uh I was in my 20s she was just about finishing her uh last year at Suffolk University she was smart she's just really like had it all and um I bought her half a gin and tonic, and we uh, we went touch on it. Uh, and she said, "I'll be right back," and went to the bathroom and came back. It was a little bit different, and it became apparent that um, she wanted to leave. She's like, "Let's get out of here." And as we're driving away, she's like, falls asleep. I noticed her arm; she had uh, done heroin, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs>
1: And she did not share any feelings. with you. Yeah, I know, when they no, don't share I mean, their heroin.
2: I've never rid the horse, but I hear <laughs> that it's a, it's a very demanding drug. And uh, it hurt me uh, because, she, you know, like you know, like you have a long day, and somebody's like, "Oh man, I just got to blow off some steam." She spent 20 minutes with me, <laughs> and then did the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> To relax. Um, and I got her home safe, and uh it was just such a nightmare, and she wound up uh giving me her mother's phone number by accident. So I texted the next day to make sure she was okay. I got her back to her dorm and everything, and her mom texted me back. Uh, Tara's okay. Of course, her name's Tara. Tara's okay, <laughs> um, she's getting care thank you for taking care of her last night and i was like okay
1: and uh
2: she then texted me in a different number and said uh thanks and i was like hey if you ever want to talk you know whenever you're free if you want to get coffee i'd love to buy a cup and you know just hang out and she said uh i have a boyfriend
0: (laughs) How did you not respond with like bitch I just saved your fucking life. You're in treatment <laughs> because your dumb ass gave me the wrong number and I checked in with you. I could have you you couldn't have had that poo butt fallout moment with anybody better cuz I didn't try to stick my dick in your ear. How dare you? <laughs>
1: For those listening to the okay. podcast, Anna's waving her finger and uh, rocking her head back and forth. She is in full body uh, emoting right now.
0: I am, I am full chola at the meeting right now, and I'm not saying like, <laughs> I'm not saying that like a woman's body is not like the autonomy. Like, you know, in no way should she be assaulted, and she, and if she were, that would obviously she would not be to blame. However she was in a very dangerous situation with a luckily non-dangerous person so like that is truly a gift and the fact that you followed up to make sure she was okay and probably landed her ass back in drug treatment (laughs) is also pretty amazing
2: (laughs) like yeah I I think having a a sister or positive relationship with women makes you a better man for sure um you know you can envision yeah just treat everyone the same this it's better for equality you know um and i responded this does not make the bit but because it's too weird but i responded back because i was she had kept trying to kiss me and then i felt like this is the first time i had like felt like i was a party to cheating which was against my own personal like code of you know life and Made me like sick.
3: How
0: did you even So I did How would you even know? She was slamming hair and you would have never
3: known.
2: <laughs> right. And the way she just kept like trying to like sloppily kiss me and everything, and I was just like, hey it's okay. <laughs> um, I texted back, I was like, fuck you. I was so mad, but I just texted back this weird I went with weird instead of anger. And she goes, I have a boyfriend. I was like, I know, it's me, <laughs> like forty e's. And I then typed lolololol LOL, LOL, like four hundred times, and she wrote, "What?" And I was like, I had a decision in my mind, and I was like, "Do I really want to take this person out for coffee and be their like no. friend therapist?" <laughs> so I just. I went with don't defy her and then I blocked her and I was like that's fun. that was enough for me yeah. that's insane and then, Ga- and then
1: Gary fucked her mother uh, that's <laughs>
2: <laughs> ooh I wish
0: that's insane oh my gosh okay I was defending you like you know you defended yourself just fine that's that's a much funner response <laughs> than what I would have had
2: I, I appreciate
0: that <laughs> it's me
2: I do appreciate
0: it.
3: <laughs>
2: You gotta go weird Sometimes you just gotta go weird You know You guys are comics so You've been in the lion's den Where someone of like yelled out Like fuck you And you're just like Wee yeah. Like if you're weird back at them They can't do anything They're just like Duh. Yeah
0: Yeah That's true Where you're just like Uh no thank you Uh you're strange <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So Gary How do you experience anxiety? Ah! Um, I give myself
2: permission To uh, Have that anxiety Every single day And usually it's between The window of 3pm and 5pm And uh It might come before that or not But I know it's like Oh it'll be over by 5pm as, <laughs> as stupid as that That has been my role Since uh The, the pandemic has started Since you know yeah. Lost my business Lost my job Lost Um Any source of income Um it's been really difficult. So like, you know, when you have those moments of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go backwards. I'm going to end up in credit card debt. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I should eat like 40 pizzas and I should just lay in bed all day. Um, I go back to, oh, I'll do, this will pass. And um, and then I start with action where it, with it's like, just put your shoes on. Mm-hmm. It's like hard to stay in bed if you have your shoes on. And then once I get my shoes and I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll walk and go get coffee. And then once I get coffee, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go for a bike ride. You know, little things to keep things busy. And all at the same time, blocking out, having, like, a plan of the day is a big thing that I've heard successful people have done. And so I've, I've adapted that lately with been, like, blocking out hours of the day, blocking in those free hours locking in those times that I wake up, that I go to sleep. And as, an, as rigid as that does sound, I do have like, oh, this is four hours where I can do whatever the fuck I want. And just having structure helps relieve my anxiety. Without it, I'm just like, what am I going to do? Should I, should I drive to Vegas and see if they have a cheaper Nintendo Wii? Like, <laughs> just these thoughts will creep in. And uh, and if I, if I voice those thoughts sometimes to somebody... Uh, that Dave has to bear witness to. I mean, he, I think he rides ahead on me on the bike rides, so he doesn't have to listen to it. But the, the just voicing the friends, this craziness, the anxiety, it gets it out instead of like hiding it mm-hmm. and being ashamed, you know?
1: Because we're all we're all fucking terrified. Come on, yeah. who's not?
2: Yeah. who's
1: not? Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm a cisgendered white male. Everything's pretty good for me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Your uh, tie-dye shirt says otherwise.
2: Yeah, (laughs) buddy.
1: So what character flaws, or we call them defects, would you say you've worked on the most over the years?
2: Coping with depression. Yeah, that's a big one. Things that would devastate me. So, like, if Anna and I had a conversation and I felt like I may have been, like, too mean Mm -hmm. and, like, a joke instead of thinking about it for a thousand hours alone, (laughs) I'll I'll be like, can I talk? And I'll call her or call a friend and be like, when I said that, I hope I wasn't too mean that you know that I meant this and I didn't want to be dismissive or shitty. And oftentimes it's just my own brain making that up. And they're like, oh, I don't even care. And sometimes it's not sometimes they're like yeah i I was bothered
3: but
0: you are singing the song of my people right now by the way that is (laughs) a thousand percent a thing i've had to deal with a lot and like yeah i totally get it i totally get it it's
3: tough
2: it's tough to open i'm i'm boston raised new england irish catholic and italian but i'm not religious we didn't really religion had kind of faded out by that generation in my family so with problems you lock them up Mm -hmm. and you shut up about them things that were in the family you do not you do not say anything but criticism (laughs) it's like it can destroy you when somebody that's related to you gives you like a shitty remark or something and uh, you have to set them straight with like you made me feel shitty. Did you know that? You made me feel real bad. Or I made you feel bad. I'm sorry. And then you realize, like, I don't need to argue with my grandparents over politics or abortion or other things that they feel very differently on, you know? Um, it, it, it's what they believe. It doesn't mean we can't be family. Um, you know? It's, it's... God. Dealing with that Dealing with that big change. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: I had a moment the other day where my, um, uh, my dude uh, was, um, he was over and somebody was trying to get rid of this like bed frame with a nice headboard a- online. And I offered it to him because he has more space. I was like, do you want this? And his response was, I have a bed frame. And my, <laughs> my response without even thinking was, yeah I know that But this one has a headboard Like a fucking grown up And he was mm-hmm. like Why are you criticizing my furniture <laughs> <laughs> I was like <laughs> I just thought I not do that I, And like after a couple of days Of <laughs> him and hawing over that um, His one request to me Was like hey can you just bust my balls Like 1% less And I'm like Fine Yeah, because I love it.
2: You have a Home Depot pallet on the floor with a mattress on it. That's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, whatever. You know. Uh, I mean, I'm
1: I'm on I'm on Stu's side. Fuck a headboard. That that's so dumb. Fuck a headboard.
0: Well, it doesn't. And that's the thing is, I have no opinion either way. I just thought it would be nice, you know. But it was just Mm -hmm. in the moment, in the heat of the moment, my gut reaction was to be like. Yeah, you fucking dumbass. I know you have a bed frame. I slept on it. I lived with you and your bed frame. <laughs> Fuck off with this attitude. Do you want a headboard? You're 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I did it. It was it was wrong. But that just that just gets to like these are just things I have to deal with. You know, I promptly made amends and uh And hopefully we can come into a place of forgiveness which brings us to our next question um how do you experience forgiveness
2: conditionally
0: oh no (laughs) the worst (laughs) guy i
3: know
2: it's it's it has to go with the uh the the one parent that was not there Mm -hmm. you know and it's somebody that you kept forgiving because they're supposed to love you and they're supposed to be you know part of your life and there's people in your Life that don't understand because they don't know the Whole side of it going like well she is Still your mother and you're like hear That there's like but you don't want to respond With well she does beat everybody And took a knife and tried to stab my dad Like you can't Like bring that up in uh, You know a Spencer's Gifts So it
0: sounds like your mom and my <laughs> mom Yeah that's couldn't...
1: more of a hot topic Yeah
0: that's it. that is it Oh wow ah! Oh wow Get out.
1: <laughs>
0: Jude
2: Fox, Jerry Grossman, and Dave Yates take the states of humor. <laughs> that was fire. I got to give you, know, you that. That was, that was fire. Beautiful.
0: beautiful. Thank you. Uh, my, I, my, it sounds like your mom.
1: <laughs> or a sharper image. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's two on the nose.
2: Yeah. Oh, no. Come on, Anna. Throw one. Okay, throw one. Okay. um, my mom, You can't tell that my mom tried to kill my dad with a knife.
3: uh. uh,
2: and, uh, uh that's, the Spencer's you, Gifts. You
0: can't, that's more of a bed, bath, and beyond emphasis on the beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. it was fun. I couldn't think of any knife stores. I was like, Cutco? Cutco.
1: Other yeah, other, <laughs> other acceptable establishments in the mall would have been Marshalls. Marshalls. Uh, mm-hmm. J.C. Penney's. Mm-hmm. Macy's. And, and Foot Locker. Sur la table.
0: <laughs> Sounds more of like a Benny Hanna problem. I don't uh, know. Uh,
1: Will, uh, William Sonoma. <laughs> ah, ah. William, oh, William Sonoma. There it is.
0: But who's got that kind of money to make a murder, you know?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. uh,
1: it's...
2: I have to like When I say conditionally Like Most people will get forgiven from me Or I'll try to let it go The whole thing is like You can forgive But not forget You know that whole That old joke This like Irish Alzheimer's Where it's like You forgot everything but the grudge That's That's how It's, it's deep within me That I have to like Not harbor that against people that fuck up
0: you know, the other half of me is Dutch Irish mutt, and that that felt very, <laughs> that felt very real. Of <laughs> just like yeah. I've walked into comedy scenarios, looked at somebody in the face, and thought, "Don't like him? Don't remember why?" <laughs> 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 just that cellular feeling yeah. of "fuck you."
2: <laughs> yeah, and. It's it's a tough world. You have to protect yourself. I've done a lot of. I, I do. I, I was going to talk about this more, but about, you know, martial arts yeah. is a big thing that has grounded me in discipline mm-hmm. and, and making mistakes. And oh yeah, uh, I love it. It's the best. Um, any type of martial arts that with a with a good sensei or teacher is, I think, necessary. It teaches you, you know, not only gets that physical side out, but it it can kind of ground or balance you. And so, like, when you have something like a scenario where somebody's trying to hurt you, like, I've been in, in near fights um, where I don't want to pull that trigger of, like, I know I can really hurt this person, and they're maybe drunk or screwed up or mentally ill, and they're trying to, like, fight me, and I'm giving them every chance to get out until they start to swing at me, and then I have to move, you know, to, to action. So, like, same thing, same thing kind of mentally is, like, I'm going to give you every chance I can until you start to hurt me, and then I have to cut ties and, like, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't forgive you right now. I can, maybe I can forgive you for myself, but I, I, I just can't forget that, that bullshit if you're not improving yourself. You know, like, an empty sorry just doesn't cut it, you
1: know? well yeah and like it's just uh, i remember when i first got sober like i stopped saying sorry you know Uh, if i was going to actually apologize i would say i apologize because that was just a that was just a a less frequently used word for Mm -hmm. me um but what is the most surprising apology that you've either made or given or received A couple that come right to mind. There
3: was an
2: ex-girlfriend that I. uh, It was around the Boston Marathon bombing when I was in Boston, and that week was crazy. It was insane. It was like people talk about the lockdown here. I had to experience it back then when it was like you didn't know if there was a bomb under this or that. What the fuck's gonna happen? The president's here, but there's snipers on the roof. And you just felt like you were, like, you felt like you were an invaded, uh, martial law city. And, uh, and I was walking around in a colonial costume, giving tours at the time. So I'm in front of, like, a desert-colored Humvee, making fun of it. And I'm like, can anybody see the Humvee in front of the brick wall? <laughs> <laughs> what
1: is this strange, strange, massive <laughs> horse tank?
2: It's <laughs> so... It's so weird to talk about the Boston Massacre being, like, an example of early police brutality against minorities. and And then right right at that site is a guy with an M16 with huge police presence to protect us. And I'm like, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But this
0: is different, we
3: think. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So I... I, uh... I broke up with this girl who uh, she was a big drinker um, and I broke up in a bad way uh, she was so she was such a drinker she got kicked out of a Bruins game which I had never heard of
1: Yeah, that, that usually doesn't happen they, they encourage it
2: what? yeah I mean Boston is I heard you guys taking some swings at Boston which is fine we can take it with champions um,
0: got kicked but out of a Bruins I,
3: <laughs>
2: yeah like i think she, it was something like i think she may have taken a swing at the mascot it was like that absurd <laughs>
0: that was what i was gonna ask like did she try to fight thing, or fuck the mascot <laughs> she she got
2: she got drunk at uh, td garden which is an expensive thing to do and the bear came down the aisle and she was like, "You piece of shit!" And she punched him in the in the bare head, <laughs> which is terrible. So she she wasn't the greatest uh, with her <laughs> life and control, and um, our relationship wasn't very uh, positive. And I was just like, "I want to see somebody else," and broke it off that Thursday night of the big showdown between. Um, the Cambridge Watertown police, the U.S. military, and the terrorists. It was like all this big culmination of big change and stuff. And I started seeing a girl who I thought I, I had loved, that we had cut ties for a long time and started to come back. So it was like instant, out of one relationship into another. The other relationship didn't work out. Spoiler alert. And then um, I felt bad about that, the girl who was you know, drinking a lot. So I reached out to her on on, uh, Facebook and I wrote a pretty succinct paragraph of like, I'm really sorry the way things went down. I hope you can understand that I never meant to hurt you and whether you forgive me or not, I, I just wanted to apologize for my actions and how things went and she responded with one word
1: that said, die.
3: <laughs> Whoa.
1: And I was like, good honor. You deserve, yeah. you deserve that.
3: No, I mean, <laughs>
0: I guess. <laughs> she sounds, I tried. doesn't sound like a good fit. We gotta keep you away from alcoholic women.
3: Gee,
2: you think? <laughs> I'm not chasing a
1: ghost of somebody that should love me. <laughs> uh,
0: In many ways, fuck both you, fuck to your a
1: body, mom. you should die. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck
0: you.
2: Mummy.
1: So screwed up.
2: But yeah, it, you're right. You gotta, you gotta not go after people that are going to, you know, hurt you or it may seem familiar. So you're comfortable with it. Like you're comfortable with chaos. I've heard that like the women that I've, I've attracted in my life. A lot of them need care because I'm a, I'm a caretaker now Mm -hmm. where I used to be somebody that needed care. So I, I attract those types that, you know, would not have their shit together I'm like, oh, it's that's, that's not a red flag. It's not something I need to worry about. I can fix it. <laughs> then you start getting a new relationship, and you're like, I'm your therapist, mm-hmm. and counselor, mm-hmm. and your financial support. And, and, yeah. and that's not every woman I've dated, it's just an overwhelming majority.
0: <laughs> I become mommy girlfriend therapist real quick, and that's a very <laughs> difficult. Uh, thing to unfuck you know when you're like, nope, wait a minute, hold on, how did we get here? and then you have to like pull it back and and you know it takes a lot of those disciplined conversations of well, um i I hear that you're upset about that. I think you should talk to your therapist about it and I how can I show up for you without taking on the emotional labor that you need to do yourself
2: that's that's smart asking I used to give a lot of advice I still do mm-hmm. unsolicited. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, now I, I, this is my catchphrase in the last six months ago. Do you want me to just listen or do you want advice? What do you want? Yeah. I just point it simple. Uh, cause I got into it with somebody, uh, that I was dating and she told me all these things and I was like, well, maybe this or that. And she's like, why are you trying to solve my problem? And I was like, cause you told me them. Why are you telling me? Other-? And she just lost it. I think that's a big disconnect.
0: Yeah, women, um, it, it's interesting, uh, men naturally want to feel useful and want to feel like they're problem solving. And some women do as well. I'm definitely one of those women and just learning to be like, okay, so do you want me to just listen to this? Or even I think the hard one right now is like watching somebody like watching my par- partner flounder with stuff. And be like, "Hey, you acting weird? What's going on? <laughs> What's happening?" Um, and and then just leaving it at that, and not j- getting into like the fixing it role, you know?
3: So, yeah,
2: you can't fix everything.
1: No, and I, th- I, just- I think realizing that is just it. It takes a lot of like introspection, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and I mean, you you talked about Headspace earlier, right. uh, meditation app you know, like, what is your day-to-day spiritual practice that helps you kind of realize, you know, some of these new uh, approaches to dealing with people?
2: Um, I try and try to look for something to, you know, keep, keep the whole idea of where I want to be in the future moving forward. And then trying to ground myself in the present to do a good job of what I'm doing yep. as far as like spiritual practice I try to keep up with meditation um, I try to read different philosophies or um, religious ideals, I'll call my grandmother, um, she's a very uh, religious person uh, on the uh, Christian spectrum but she, she wouldn't necessarily say she subscribes to you know being a um, any one religion but it's more like born again There's a lot of, like, doom and gloom type philosophy that she has. And I try to, like, examine that with her and talk it out. I also, like, I talk to a a, a comedian slash life coach, Greg Barrett, who I highly recommend. Uh, He's helped me, like, be accountable for certain goals or ideas. And um, that's been a big thing of, like putting in practice practice when when I'm sort of preaching putting it into practice following through and not holding back because of fear you know not not starting something because I'm like oh what's the point yeah no one's gonna listen to my album no uh, no one's gonna like I released an album this year uh on uh, DeadMellow.com. um it's my first album I wasn't gonna release it I was gonna film a, a visual component this fall but you know shit happens and it's impossible uh, to do it the way I wanted to do it and it was five years ago at a live audience in the show and the t- the material everything's changed a little bit but it still works and I was like let's just put it out and see what happens and let go and then work on that next thing
3: yeah.
2: so like in it in a day I'll try to like write jokes do stuff for my physical health uh, do stuff for my mental health take care of some others in my life that need to be taken care of and try to, like, hit those, like, you know, have that space to be flexible during the day. That's kind of, like, the, I guess, the guiding principles. It's close to spirituality. I think it it maybe aligns with Taoism a little bit, being, like, unformed
3: block-type
2: thinking, but I don't know shit about anything, so.
0: Well, you kind of answered our 11th question, which is, like, Got you know what's your relationship with your higher power like you know, so uh, I know you have to go and I apologize again I misunderstood a text, and I know you have to get out of here. Are you good on time to wrap this up or do you need to go right? Good on time. Okay. Good on time. All right. Um. So, um. What is one thing you would like to tell somebody just like yourself?
2: Um. It's. It's advice that a friend gave me, and I keep coming back to it, and I think it works really well. Uh, never trust Dave Yates.
1: No,
0: it's, <laughs> Dave's the, uh, the best. it's,
1: it's sound advice.
0: Uh, it's okay. <laughs> no, Dave's the best. He's is, he is a paragon Dave. of patience with my spaz brain, and I'm so grateful for Dave. Dave? <laughs> of course.
2: And let me, for the listeners that think that I, I hate Dave, of course, I don't. Uh, I need him right now. He and I have such a good relationship. He helped me escape from a, a, a near lawsuit that, that uh, uh, was super weird, which I can't get into. But he guided me in a very a difficult time where uh, somebody was definitely trying to fleece me for cash. And that's the type of guy Dave Yates is. He's he's gonna be there and be like, "Let's figure this shit he, out." A,
1: so basically, a, if, and, if um, you're if you're someone like Gary listening, you need to find a friend. To get you out of the bullshit you're going to get into that's yeah. that's Gary's parting words for other Gary's
0: yes well now other... Dave's got real Ray Donovan energy you know what I mean like real like <laughs> ah, what you? I'll get the shovel you know like he's, he's gonna fix yeah. it
3: <laughs>
2: he's he's a ride or die yeah. guy yeah I, uh, I, I think that the advice though about all the chaos and insanity or whatever is happening Um, I've I guess this aligns with a little bit too with the spiritual idea of karma is that like what you give you get back it won't always be the same but no matter what's happening it's meant to happen for that reason and you're in the best place you are right now so don't get caught up in past or future just kind of focus on the present and that's that's a thing that I wish I could have learned yeah, so so much longer ago. Instead of chasing,
1: last chasing Tuesday. things for last so long. Last Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary, we did it. We we reached the end of the uh, the pod. And uh, how can people find you? How can people find that wonderful album, Yellow Belt Confidence? Yellowbelt Confidence
2: is on an independent label, DeadandMellow.com. They started at the beginning of the pandemic with the idea of helping uh, artists like myself uh, that were unrepresented um, on a cheap rate, and then making their money through live shows. So, because of the pandemic, they're certainly struggling. So, if you can buy the album, ten bucks, it's worth it. It's a it's a good laugh. I have no other comedy support for the remainder of the year, so uh, please buy that album and uh no refunds it's also uh my uh social media at comedy gary p uh, i have a podcast as well that uh, dave just recorded for and it was on called death by comedy uh that is with chris walsh we talk all about the the head times of comedy and uh this some noise Are you picking up this no- annoying noise yeah it's your voice
1: <laughs> <got him>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah, at comedy Gary P and all the things, and uh, you're both so wonderful. I do really like this podcast. I'm listening to uh, Dave's friend that was on it. Uh, was it Josh? Mm-hmm. And uh, I really think you guys are doing a, a fantastic thing. So uh, you know, if you, if I've got friends and. and High places yeah. you know oh, the um, where the Polly whiskey water. drowns yeah and the fear traces my blue <laughs> girl away. that beat up the bruins mascot uh, she die i know i know lucky the guy who dresses up at the Celtics game he can fucking do it. um there's no way that guy's not an addict right i <laughs> uh, hope not The guys who dress like a leprechaun and jump on a trampoline
0: yeah
1: sounds like a plan <laughs> sounds like a life plan
0: well, how, uh, uh, Dave, where can people find you?
1: At Yates Comedy, all over social media. Uh, you can buy hot sauce from me, ha hotsaucecom Anna, where can they find you and the podcast?
0: You can find me at phone on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at um and for show dates and whatnots if I update it. Check it out. I'm on Zoom a lot these days. Um, and if you want to support this podcast, please follow us on 12 Q Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can... Gmail us at that. We would really appreciate it. And how we end the Porn podcast. Pornhub. Pornhub. Meat Spin. Um, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can find how we end this podcast every time um, is uh, Gary, if nobody's told you this today, we love you.
1: Even me. I love you, Gary. I love you guys too.
0: And. Dave, if nobody's told you this today, I love you and I appreciate your patience.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: And if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. Bye. Love you
1: guys. Thanks for listening.